If you have your Bible with you today, will you turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Before I bring the message today, I'm going to ask you to come in agreement with me for prayer. Shirley Massey uh, has been uh, battling some issues with the taking chemotherapy and been in and out of the hospital. And I just want us to come in agreement right now for Shirley. Claude, if you're watching with Shirley, will you just lay your hand on her right there where uh, you all are and let's pray together. Will you pray with me now and come in agreement? Father, we just lift Shirley before you. We take authority over this cancer. We take authority over sickness and disease in her body. We are asking you to touch her strengthen her. May all of the fibers and cells and every part of her body, Lord, just come into wholeness and awareness. We thank you, Lord, for healing power and for your ability to touch her body now in Jesus' name. And everybody who's in agreement with that says, amen. Amen. All right. First John chapter 3. I've been talking for several weeks about righteousness. Got into this uh, series talking about, we, 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 we just keep adding to it, I guess I should say. Every week I think I'm going to finish and I get more that I want to say. And, and uh, uh, so today I think I'm concluding it again, but who knows before we're finished where we are. But in 1 John chapter 3, today I want to talk about abiding in righteousness. We've been talking about righteousness the gift of righteousness, how righteousness is not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness of God that he gives us in order for us to be in right standing with God. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 21, it says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandment abides in him and he in him and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now there's two things here in this passage. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I want to just reiterate it to you, bring it to your mind. In verse three, he, or verse 23, he declares that we should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and that we should love one another. Now these are the two commandments. We were talking about love in the song. Sam talked about it just a few moments ago. But it says we are to keep his commandments. Let me say it like this. Not the 10 commandments, his commandments. Jesus made it clear, the scriptures make it clear that all of the 10 commandments are contained in loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. So you've got to believe that what God's word said is true and then you've got to believe that when you love one another that you are fulfilling 
the commandments of Jesus. This is not the Old Testament commandment. This is his commandments. And his commandments are, one, believe. Number two, love. In verse 24, he goes on and he says, now he who keeps his commandments, if you believe and you love, then he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know, we know that he abides in us. He who keeps his commandments abides. Will you say that word with me, abides? The word abide means to stay in a given place, to stay in a given state, a relation or an expectancy. It means to continue, to dwell, to endure, and to stand. So, okay. I want you to remember, I've said this I think every week, the Old Testament and the Old Covenant we would respond to the law of Moses, you would keep the 10 commandments in order to become righteous with God. There were laws, they started adding to those 10 laws and they developed them and they went up to 400 and some laws that they finally came up with that was under the Old Testament and in that Old Testament that's what you had to do was to keep all those laws in order to stay in a relationship and abide with God. But in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, what we've got to understand is that we are made righteous by God's own act. In other words, Jesus came and provided something for us, which was his righteousness, that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we become righteous with God's righteousness, not our own righteousness. Now listen carefully to me because we get confused all the time. We keep trying to trust our righteousness instead of his righteousness. And the reason that we do that, part of the reason is because we haven't learned how to abide in his righteousness. I don't get in and get out, I abide in what he has provided and gifted to us to abide in his righteousness. In the book of Romans chapter 13, I'm still reviewing what I've said in the last few weeks, but it says in Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Let me ask you, do you believe that? Love does no harm to a neighbor. I don't have to worry about the Ten Commandments because if I love you, I'm not going to do any of those things to you. And that love is the fulfillment of the law. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. I know some of you have heard me tell this story before, but I'll tell it again. I'll never forget one night I was preaching in Elkins, West Virginia, and, and I was a young single guy, 
preaching my heart out, preaching what I believed, and, and I was preaching about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I was preaching about identification, that I've been identified with Christ and that Christ lives in me and that I'm representing Christ, that I've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And this dear old lady who I thought was a saint walked up to me after the, church, after the service, and she goes, huh, you act to me like you think you're Jesus. Well, I got my feelings hurt. You know, I was young. I was, I, was, I was easily touched, and I got my feelings hurt. And pastor lived one block down from the church. And so I'd walk home, and I had to walk home that night. When you walked right by this lady's house, she lived right in the middle of the block. And I'm walking down through there trying to stay away from her. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm hurt. For her to make such an accusation to me, that I think I'm Jesus Christ. I walked into the parsonage. The pastor looked over at me and he goes, Farley, what's bothering you? I said, well, Sister Sojo down there, she just come up to me and she just looked at me and she goes, <clears throat> you act like you think you're Jesus. He was sitting on the couch. He jumped up. He went, whoa, praise God. What a compliment. That's exactly what you're trying to do. And I'm going, hmm. But the way she say, said it bothered me. Now, hear me. Hear what I'm saying. He who says he abides in him, in Christ, in his righteousness, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now, I don't know why, but the Christian world doesn't believe, for the most part, that we were created in the image and the likeness of God and that God lives inside of us and he wants to love through us, he wants to live through us and that we can live just like Jesus lived. Immediately somebody goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. we'll never live free from sin. Scripture says you can. Scripture says you've already been forgiven of all sin. Now listen to me. Why? Because Christ was the fulfillment of the whole law. Therefore, if I walk believing in Jesus and loving as he loved and walk as he walked, then I'm going to fulfill the law too. Listen to me. Now remember, I've said this the last two weeks. Under the law, in the Old Testament, you went once a year you took a sacrifice, you went to the high priest, and the high priest offered that sacrifice for you in behalf of you, in your behalf for sins, and you were righteous because you offered that sacrifice and you knew that you had obeyed God and you walked out knowing for one full year, I'm in right standing with God because I obeyed God and did what he said to do. That was under the old covenant with the rules. Now, we believe and we love in order to abide. What is it we're believing? Listen carefully. Here's what we should be believing. We believe that what Jesus did was sufficient for you and I to abide in the righteousness of God. 
I received a gift from God called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The Spirit on the inside of me was born again. It was born from above. The Holy Spirit came to take up his residence on the inside of me, and I now have Jesus living on the inside of me, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. And now, because he lives with me and walks with me and talks with me and guides me every day of my life, I can walk as he walked. Well, I don't believe you can, preacher. See, you just said why you can't. Because the first thing you got to do is believe. If you'd start believing you could act like Jesus, guess what you might start doing? You might quit, act, quit acting like you and start acting like him. But you got to believe. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying he is our enablement to live like him. We walk as he walked. Somebody says, you know, you get into this stuff where you don't have rules and you don't have laws is lawlessness. No, this is not lawlessness. This is the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is that I keep his commandments and his commandment is that I believe that I'm in right standing with God. And if I believe I'm in right standing with God, if I believe that I'm righteous with God, then I believe I can walk in right standing with God and I can live in right standing with God. And I believe I can live every day in right standing with God and I can walk every day in right standing with God. And if I keep walking in right standing with God, every day of my life pretty soon I begin to understand I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because I am walking like, talking like, living like, acting like Jesus would act if he was here on planet earth. Well, I can't believe. See, that's your first mistake. Look at somebody and say, I, you need to believe. Believe and love. This is real simple. His commandments. Believe and love. What do you believe? I believe I'm righteous. What do righteous people? Righteous people love one another. I believe and I love. Now I believe, I belong, and I behave because I believe. What are you saying? Well, I believe I've received his righteousness. I belong to him because I am righteous and I have received his righteousness. I be belong to the family of God now and because I believe and I love one another as he loves, I behave because I want to abide in his love. Help me, Lord. Let me, let me just give you about three lessons in abiding. Let me talk about this abiding for a moment. Number one, the first lesson you need to understand is that when you abide in his love, when you abide in his righteousness, when you do those things, it will affect your behavior. If you're abiding in sin and you are thinking you're in sin and you think you're still a sinner, you are fellowshipping as a sinner. You think you're a sinner. You are not abiding in his love and in his righteousness. you got to change. You, if you believe you're a sinner, then what are you going to behave like? 
If you believe you're a sinner, you're going to act like sinners act. But if you believe you're righteous, if you believe you're walking in God's love, you're going to start behaving because what you believe affects your behavior. Help me, Lord. The reason our behavior changes is because I am in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior. I abide in his presence and he is touching my life continually. I'm being conformed to his, listen to me say this word, perfect image. You know, I've been throwing this word perfect out there. I've been talking about perfection and it frightens people. I've had few people who have sent me texts and a couple who've posted some things on Facebook and sent me some messages and they said, uh, I, I can't believe that you think we should be perfect. Well, I think we should be perfect as he is perfect. You got to hear what I'm trying to say. See, because abiding, when I abide in him, abiding reproduces the life of Christ in us. If I believe I'm righteous, I start to act like I'm righteous, I start to live righteously, and I start to behave in a way that is his love working through me. Let me show you this. In John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse number 5 says this. I am the vine, this is Jesus talking, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Abide, stay connected. Look at verse seven. I'm gonna read you a few verses here. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now think about this. If you abide in me, and my words, God's word, abides in you, you shall ask what you desire. Well, if I desire to walk as he walks, and I'm asking him to help me every day to walk as he walks, guess what? I'm gonna, he's going to help me walk as he walks. He's going to enable me to do that. And it shall be done. Ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, here it is again. What is his commandments? Believe and love one another. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. Help me, Lord. How many of you know he loved you when you didn't deserve his love? Well, you need to love others when they don't deserve your love. So, the third lesson you need to learn about abiding is 
Abiding confidence. Confidence. Abiding produces confidence. In 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, he says, And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his comfort at his coming. This is confidence. Listen to me. Little children, abide in him, stay in him, dwell in him, abide, abide, abide. What am I abiding in? I'm abiding in the person of Christ and in his love. I don't mean to be redundant and I don't mean to be repetitive, but when we continually confess that we're sinners, we begin to think like sinners, to believe like sinners, to act like sinners. We should not be confessing that because we are not. You're on, listen to me. You're only looking at your flesh when you confess yourself as a sinner. Let me tell you something. I've walked with God long enough to know. I remember when I was in sin and I know who I am and the guy on the inside of me ain't the same guy that I was when I was in sin. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I need to have confidence that Christ is alive inside of me. This word confidence is used 31 times in the New Testament. Jesus had confidence in his Father and I have confidence in Jesus. Now please, please, please hear me. My confidence is not based on what we do it's not our confidence. It's based on who Christ is. See, when you pray, read your Bible and do what you're supposed to and you're confident because you prayed, confident because you read your Bible, confident because you've done what you're supposed to, your confidence is in what you did. It's not in Christ. And it amazes me how many Christians go around and when they pray, they'll look, they'll, they'll look at themselves. I pray more than them, they pray. I go to church more than they go to church. I give more than they give. I love more than they. I do all this stuff more than they do. And, and they, they got confidence in what they're doing. That's not why you're righteous. My confidence is not in me. My confidence is in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Watch this. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, it says, For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Think about this for a moment. Christ, my confidence is in Christ because Christ appears before the Father with this whole bloody sacrifice. It wasn't just an animal that was taken in once a year. Jesus came, the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world. He takes his bloody sacrifice, goes into the very presence of God, into the throne room of heaven, and he appears before the Father with this bloody sacrifice, and he went there for me. See, in my mind, Jesus walks in before the Father and he says, Father, I just want you to know with this blood I stand here before you and I'm standing here in behalf of Stuart Farley. 
You can go right around the room. I can call every one of your names. He stood in front of the Father with your, with his blood in payment for your sins. It's been satisfied. If your confidence is in that and not what you're doing, you're not going to be shaken by what happens. Jesus stood right and gifted me his righteousness. Look back there at verse 24 again. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. See, he's, he's exposing the difference here. He then would have to, had set to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, listen carefully, once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Listen to me. If he appeared to God and put away sin, why are we still dealing with it? He put it away. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach... What's that next word? The law can never make you perfect, but Jesus can. For then would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would have had, look at this, no more consciousness of sin. If I believe I'm righteous, I'm not going around with a guilty conscience worried about sinning. I start to believe I'm righteous. I start to believe I can live a righteous life. I start to believe that Jesus can live his life through me. I start believing that I can have a life. Go down to verse 9. Watch this. Same chapter. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. That's the Old Testament for the New Covenant. By that will we will have been sanctified through the suffering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. And every priest stand ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man... After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has what? You've been perfected. By that one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Once for all, and he has perfected once for all everyone. Then quickly look at verse 19. Therefore having boldness, that word boldness is confidence. Therefore having confidence to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It's because of the blood of Jesus I've got confidence. And then over in verse 35 he says, Therefore do not cast away your Confidence. What's my confidence in? My confidence is in the blood of Jesus Christ that has cleansed us from all sin and all unrighteousness. So, get this, abiding. The lessons I give you, abiding affects our behavior. 
It reproduces the life of Christ in us and it produces confidence in us. Go back to John 15 with me. John chapter 15, verse 3 and 4 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, you're already clean, and in order to bear fruit, you must abide, stay connected to the vine. I think right this moment what I would like to do is I would like to interview a cucumber. Yeah. I want to interview this cucumber, and I look at this cucumber And I say, boy, you are a perfect cucumber. You know this is a perfect cucumber? I didn't say he doesn't have flaws. I said he's a perfect cucumber. And I look at him and I'd say, well, tell me, cucumber, how did you become perfect? He talks like this, so here's what he says. He says, all I did, Pastor Farley, was stay connected to the vine. Pastor Farley, do you know that there were times I remember when a snake crawled across me Do you know, Pastor Farley, there were days when there were bugs all around me and all over me. I had worms climbing over me. Do you know, Pastor Farley, there were days when the storms would come and it would pour rain and lightning and I'm telling you, it would rain so hard that mud splashed all over me. You could hardly tell who I was or what I was, but as long as I stayed connected to the vine, I remained perfect. You know, Pastor Farley, I've heard, I don't know it for sure, but I heard that some got disconnected from the vine and are in a pickle. (laughs) Listen to me. If you're a sinner, you're in a pickle. Help me, Lord. Are you listening to me? How do you remain perfect? Stay connected to the vine. Listen to me. You and I, we have the gift of righteousness that God has already given to us. I have the righteousness of God given to me, I also have 
the Spirit of Christ alive on the inside of me. I've been born again. Talked about this a few weeks ago. Born from above. What I was born again was with the seed of God, which is incorruptible seed. Let me read it to you again there in 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and what? Abides. There's that word again. This incorruptible seed not only lives, but it abides in you and I forever. Help me, Lord Jesus. The word lives and abides. The seed, the word lives in me. It produces fruit in me and through me. Guys, listen to me. Do you realize that the fruit is perfect? I've got some trees in my, apple trees in my yard. Those apple trees aren't perfect. But you know, it's amazing to me that those apple trees produce leaves, produce limbs, they produce branches, but the leaves and the limbs and the branches aren't what I think is perfect. It produces perfect fruit. I can go out there right this moment pull an apple off that tree and find something that has life and nourishment that will provide food for my life. What are you saying? The fruit is perfect. Jesus came to give us perfect life. He gave us his life. His spirit is alive inside of us. Therefore, I'm perfect. Why? I'm resting in what he has done for me. I'm resting in what he has done in me. So what are you doing? I'm believing, I'm loving, and I'm abiding. Pastor Farley, what's going to happen to our world? I'm believing, I'm loving, I'm abiding. When Sam McClung said, if you've been watching the news, I turned around to Sam Wilson and I said, I've turned it off. Why? Because I'm believing, I'm loving, and I'm abiding. God's trying to conform me to the image of Christ who is perfect. But let me, let me just read you. I may go through this fast because my time's about gone, but I'm going to read you some perfect scriptures. Y'all want to hear some perfect scriptures? Matthew 5, verse 48 says, Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. 
Colossians 1.28 says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Listen to me right here just a moment. If Paul was writing a church to Colossians, to the church at Colossae, and he's saying, I've got to preach him because I've got to present you perfect, what should I be doing at Rama Christian Center in Lewisburg, West Virginia? I ought to be preaching Christ so that I can present you perfect. That's what Paul did. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to preach you sinners. I am not going to preach you in sin. I'm going to preach you righteous. Why? Because we preach him warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Look at this, Colossians 4 verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that he may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Ephesians 4.11 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one offering, I read this just a few months, For by one offering, the blood of Jesus, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. How do I get sanctified? I abide in the vine. I abide in Christ. I abide in his righteousness. Let me tell you all something. If you would abide in his righteousness, you might get so much joy and fall so much in love with him that you would not any longer want to be a sinner. You are the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I desire to present every man under the sound of my voice perfect in Christ. So Lord, would you anoint us to do your will and your word. Help us, help us to believe, help our unbelief and help us to believe and to love as you love so that we can stand in your presence perfect like you desired us to be. I thank you, Father, for your presence today in this house and for your power that's alive in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Abide in his righteousness. Abide in his love. Abide in him. Amen? Amen. Thank you.